In this interview, I got a lot of interesting insights about electrical engineering and information technologies because I spoke with Anya, who is one of the few women, unfortunately, in STEM, who could also talk about her first semesters during uh, during her studies and how she actually encourages young women to go into engineering sciences within her social activities and the elite Bavarian Academy where she's a part of and how she actually profited from that as well. And we could also speak about her broad experiences in South Africa and Singapore, which was really interesting to hear. And yeah, about her advice to young women wanting to go into engineering sciences or yeah, just to study in general. So it was really interesting and I was really glad to have her as a guest. I hope you will enjoy the interview. So thank you for taking time for the interview. Maybe you could quickly introduce yourself to the audience and then tell us what you've done so far and then you could talk a bit about your studies, your initiative and all what you've been doing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really honored that I can be in your podcast. Um, my name is Anja, um, Anja Xi, and I'm 24 years old right now. I study electrical and computer engineering in Technical University of Munich. And I'm in my master's right now, but uh, me and my parents, we founded a company or a startup in 2019, and that's where I'm working right now. So my studies are kind of on a break, <laughs> and I'm concentrating more on the startup. But um, yeah, the startup is focusing on uh, electrical batteries or electrochemical storages, and it's right in my alley, or it's right up my alley, basically. It's... Um, exactly what I do in my studies so it's quite fitting yeah okay that would have been my um, next question actually <laughs> if it's like related to your I don't know specification or something yeah. like that but um, yeah you already mentioned that but what's the name of the startup oh yeah if I someone wants to look it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah I forgot to mention what it's called okay. um, it's called SAX that's how you spell it um, Zach's Power that's the name yeah. of the company and you're also going to the kind of fair like uh, yeah so there's the Intersolar Fair in Munich from the 11th to the 13th of May. Uh, anyone who's listening, feel free to join us on the fair. Um, we're in Hall B <laughs> to make some self-advertisement. But yeah, um, we're happy to be there. It's the second time. Mm -hmm. Last year we won the awards, but no one oh. knew because uh, yeah. it was online. So this year we can show our award, but we can't win again. Yeah. We can't um, participate in the competition again, but we're happy to be there. And you also have a LinkedIn account, like for, for the startup or something, yeah. so you want to look it up. So we do have a LinkedIn account, but it's not really built up yet. So I would suggest to look up the startup on the website. Yeah, okay, all right. So um, that's good. And are there going to be future events or something? Like. Mm, yes, but it's quite private. Okay, so they <laughs> so should look it up. it's a closed society event, but yeah, you can um, look it up. You can follow our newsletter on the webpage. Um, there's always updates to what's happening okay. right now. Okay, all right. So maybe let's go back a bit to your studies. Yeah. Sure. What was the reason? Um, so after you, I know, I think your 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 school, um, you know, um, when you graduated your A levels and everything, I think it was quite good for you. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you already thought about going into STEM or science or something like mm -hmm. that or I don't know even medicine so what was the reason yeah. and or how did you decide during school to yeah, choose your study cycle was it easy for you and then um, yeah why did you choose mm -hmm. what you choose? yeah 
So I want to be completely honest in this podcast because I, I hope that it might help um, others who are right now in school or are after school and they're deciding what they want to study. And um, so I want to tell my, my true story and don't make it look pretty, uh, basically. So I was always good in maths and physics, but I kind of had that luxury problem where I was good in all subjects. So all grades were quite good. And in the end, when I finished my A-levels, I basically had free choice. So I could decide between medicine or law or engineering. Um, but the direction was basically given from my family. So I grew mm -hmm. up in a family of engineers. <laughs> my mom is a civil engineer and my dad is an electrical engineer. So the engineering path was kind of programmed into me, <laughs> let's say it that way. Um, but of course, I, I still had the decision and I still had that decision to make. So when I turned, I think, 17 or yeah, between 17 and 18, I started looking up what are the, yeah, how, how does the job look like when I study medicine, when I become a doctor or when I become an engineer? And um, I didn't really have a lot of experience. I mean, I was young and the way I decided was how how many hours do I have to work? So basically what I saw was um, as a doctor, when you're working in a clinic, it's quite a hard job and it's, it can be quite tough. So um, I, I kind of looked for a more balanced work-life balance thing. So I was um, going more towards engineering. I always knew that I didn't want to do law. <laughs> so yeah. that was out of the question. So basically, in the end, I, I just um, excluded things that I didn't want to do and ended up with engineering. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to try it for the first semesters or first two years. Let's see how I like it. And if I don't like it, I'm just going to change it. And um, to continue, maybe, or maybe it's too long of an answer. But basically, in the first two semesters, I it was quite rough, uh, tough at yeah. TUM. Um, they had 10 exams, which were all compulsory. So basically all exams were compulsory. And if you failed twice in one subject, you were out. So there was a lot of pressure. Um, and I, I kind of fought through it and made it out alive. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I didn't really develop the passion yet in those two semesters. But with the advancing semesters and when I got the choice to decide which specialization I want to do, I started developing a passion for energy technology and energy science. And that's where I'm specializing in right now. Okay. So that's a lot uh, yeah. and interesting actually to maybe um, just to uh, catch up what you, uh, you said before with um, being interested in many fields during school, I think that's really important, especially because our world is like kind of developing and we always have to work with, yeah, in an interdisciplinary way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. But anyway, um, okay, after, after your first two or three years uh, semesters, which were kind of like hard and maybe not like you haven't developed that uh, kind of passion, which you have might, might have now, but... Mm -hmm. After that time, how, how was your, like, how did you develop or how was your, was there any shift or was it even harder in the beginning? I, I guess, yes, because I think like the, I think that for me, the hardest, hardest part was like first semester school and first semester. And after the, that, I was kind of used to it. Yeah. Still, 
it was still hard but you know how was that development for you or was there even uh, any differences yeah you're actually right so there was a shift for me in the from the second semester starting um so first of all like you said you need to get used to the way studying at a university works so it's completely different than studying at school in the first semester i thought oh my grades were quite good at school i'm just going to follow how i studied there and it's going to work out well it didn't <laughs> um, but you get used to it so just give yourself time if you're finding yourself in a difficult moment right now in the first semesters um, and then in the second semester i also decided to not only focus on my studies but to also expand what I do outside of university. Um, I started volunteering at um, C, I have to translate it in English, CVJM <laughs> in Munich. It's basically tutoring for refugees. And um, it kind of gave me a balance to see that it's not only about me and my studies. There's also another way that I can have an impact. And I'm not quite sure how it helped me, but it just kind of gave me a balance to the tough studying and crushing numbers and reading scripts. It was just, it gave me a new perspective kind of, I mean, a small shift, but I think it really helped in my development. And then I could, I could see my studies as a more fun thing and a way to, to get tools that I can use to achieve what okay. I want. So, and then after, so how was it like, I know you, you, um, you've been uh, to an exchange semester during your bachelor's, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. When was that? Was that like during that time or? Um, that was quite that? late. It was in my fifth semester. Okay. Uh, I think the TUM also suggests that you do it quite late in your studies because then you already have all of your compulsory modules done. Um, so that was not really linked to my my social thing that I expanded my um, views, but it was actually a struggle. So now I'm telling from a more personal view, yeah. but I was kind of in a conflict, not a strong conflict, but there was a conflict with my with my father, especially um, he was a professor or he is a professor for electrical engineering. So he always had a strong focus on academics. And for him, it was the most important to finish my studies quick in the normal time so six semesters and of course doing a semester abroad would push that time back um so i was kind of struggling with the decision should i go or should i not i mean i have to find a new apartment there isn't it difficult it's expensive blah blah um but in the end i decided to do it and i'm i'm so glad that i did and i can really suggested to anyone um, that an exchange is such an important um, experience and don't let your study time uh, get into the way of that. I think that's always the parents, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I was also thinking about whether to st finish uh, like really quickly or quick. And then uh, I also been to an exchange semester and yeah. actually changed my personality. I think yours probably as well, yeah. but if you... Uh, yeah tell uh, that and then you, you've been to Singapore first right yeah. that was your first yeah. like exchange term and then um, maybe let's talk about your organization stuff later because mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you about your time in South Africa as well so maybe you can talk about all this stuff um, later just about um, maybe about the modules and learning um, methods did it help you that you had like parents who all already studied because for me for example it was a bit hard you know to approach things i don't know like to have that self-consciousness you know 
because you never know if it's like normal you always think uh like um that other people are better or something like that mm -hmm, yeah. i don't know if you had that and maybe it helped you to maybe talk with i don't know with your father or with your mother or with your your friends as well and uh and then develop a certain um you know scheme to be better in, in university or something like that or to improve because i kind of did something after the first semester to Mm -hmm. to just be confident about it and then I approved uh, actually mm. um, automatically you know just about the mindset yeah. but I don't know how you handle that it's quite interesting to yeah. to know uh, to get other opportunity uh, opinions on that mm -hmm. yeah so I would say that um, having a father in electrical engineering and a mother who's also in engineering helped to lower the the hurdle of going into STEM as a woman <laughs> as a girl um, that was never a question or that was never a hurdle to me because in Asia it's actually more common, I would say, to be in STEM as a woman than it is in Germany right now. Um, so it helped with that. But when it comes to the studies, I would say it didn't help that much. So sometimes I would ask my father questions when um, I came to problems that I couldn't solve myself or I was just stuck. But it decreased with the um, increasing semesters. So in the first two semesters, I still asked, but then following, I never asked questions again. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of thought through it myself. Um, so I would say it gave me a better access, but it didn't help me directly in my studies. So what really helped me, like you said, was talking to my friends. So that was really the thing that helped most to see, okay, other people don't get it either <laughs> or other people get it and they can help me with it so that was really the thing that helped me the most throughout my studies so shout out to my friends yeah. <laughs> for helping me through it it's important to have a group like a group around because yeah. i think that's always hard especially in the beginning i don't know if you um lived in a kind of co-location that would be my advice because i kind of like you know at the age of 18 i just moved into a like single apartment and that's really bad you yeah. know you can't like if you kind of uh, frustrated you can't really tell anyone or you know yeah. and uh, so yeah maybe that's also a good point you know yeah. to have your circle around and then yeah. um so what was your first or your major success during that time during the first two years or something like that or when was was there even some um some moment a certain moment when you realized oh this is really good or mm -hmm. you were really happy about it yeah it was in the end of the second semester so i um told before that in the second semester i started with my um, volunteering and at the same time i started studying in a kind of different way so i started studying at the start of the semester and not only at the end when the exams took place um and my grades really improved a lot and i i saw it as a proof that I can do stuff outside of university and still be good at university. So that was my first moment of success. And then the following, the following yeah. semesters, it only got better. So my grades always improved and it didn't feel like I put in more work. It just felt like I, I knew better how to, how to do this work and how to manage it with the things I do outside of university as well. Mm -hmm. Okay and um, yeah but you also did a lot of other initiatives right you so you're currently part of a certain i don't know is it an scholarship program or something was that 
when did that start? Mm -hmm. So that's quite new. I'm part of the um, program, how to translate it, Bavarian Elite Academy. The name is quite controversial. Um, controverse? Yeah. yeah. And we're, so yeah, controversial. Yeah. We're discussing it a lot in our program. Okay. So I've only been in it for one year um, and I'm going to explain a little bit how it works. So it usually goes for two years and there are four phases where you have to be. And each phase uh, goes for four weeks. And in these four weeks, you're stuck with 39 other uh, students and you're doing seminars, you're, you're studying together or you're partying together, everything. So you really bond as a group and it's really a nice place for a good network. Um, and I've had two phases now, so I'm just coming back from one of the phases. And um, yeah, basically it's kind of a preparation for people who want to... Um, become a leading position in the society, not only in the industry, not necessarily in your career, but it's just for people who want to make an impact somewhere in the society. And it helps you to, to prep for that. Mm -hmm. So you feel ready for it. And I've already had one situation where I felt like I could use that, that preparation and help me. So I was really glad that I was admitted in this program. And before doing your bachelor's, did you have any like opportunity to take part in such programs or or um, any other things i think you did an internship as well but beside that was there any yeah kind of su such thing less so in my bachelor's i focused more on my studies and my um, social uh, volunteering yeah. um i was part of the deutschland stipendium so the german scholarship uh, which also funds students who are not German. <laughs> um, but other than that, I wasn't part of any initiatives that I can think of right now. Yeah, but that's still really good. I think it's also uh, good support. And then, yeah, um, yeah, it's financially as well. Yeah. Maybe also for your exchange semester and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I actually never heard about those. Um, I never heard about those initiatives. But maybe I also always thought I'm not good enough, you know. I don't know if someone approached you or you approached them by yourself. Because now nowadays, I think you should always give it a try to... There are also political uh, scholarships mm -hmm. and something like that, you yeah. know. Or also being a bit kind of involved in voluntary uh, activities. Because I... Okay, I have to admit, I think in the first two or three semesters, it's quite hard. You have to get used to the workload and then maybe if you always uh, also have to see your family or friends sometimes in your home um, city <laughs> could be hard to do such things but if you have time on the weekends i should i would definitely recommend to do uh, some volunteering like you did or yeah look out for that right yeah so probably yeah it's also enough to just do an hour um a week so for me, it was only an hour first, uh, and then you can do more if you feel like you have more time. Um, I actually just realized now that we talked about some programs, I did look into a few programs in my bachelor's, but I also always felt like uh, I'm not good enough to, to apply for it now, and I also don't have enough time. I need to focus on my studies. And I think there is some truth to it. In the first two years of your studies, it would be quite hard. Um, you can do it. There are some people in our program who are very young and I respect them so much for um, how they handle the program and their studies at such an early age and stage of their studies. So it is possible, but 
um, I think it would be easier to do it later in your studies. Yeah. So in your bachelor's and at the end of the bachelor's or in the master's. And uh, these programs usually they um, they nominate students who are top of their class. So usually 2% or 5%. But they always encourage others to apply for it. So if you feel like, okay, I want to try, you don't even have to feel like you will be admitted, but you just feel like trying, you feel like going through the application process, just go for it. Um, I mean, it's hard to find out about these programs if they don't nominate you, but if you hear about something like that, just apply. For me, I was nominated, but I never, there was never a time when I thought, okay, I'm ready, I will be admitted. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to apply for it and see how it works. I just want to see the process. Let's see how it turns out. I never expected to be admitted into the program. I mean, amazing. <laughs> Congratulations uh, <laughs> for you. that. And uh, yeah, that that's a good point. I also, f um, when you said like, um, it gets a bit easier in um, when when time, like kind of um, when you're after your second year or something, mm -hmm. I would also say like that the stress is a bit less, but... I think the modules are like it's even a bit like more specific. Mm -hmm. So, in my or would you also say like that it's easier because of you are first um, primarily used to like kind of the studying and everything, the study environment, and also because of um, so we had like kind of homework or something to mm. get accepted to pass the exams that was quite stressful in the okay. first three semesters. Or what would you say was the major reason? so that it was a bit easier for you. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell exactly what the reason was, but I have some ideas what it could be. Um, so first of all, uh, from the fifth semester on, we could choose our courses, our modules. And I think it helped that you were actually listening to models that you were interested in. So it was easier to really dive deep into the subject because it was actually something that you wanted to read about. It wasn't something where you thought, how am I going to use this <laughs> at any time of my life? Um, so that helped. And then I would also say maybe it helped that I went into the energy technology field because it was less technical in a sense and the mathematics in energy science are really easy. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think maybe also the choice of my subjects made it easier for me in the higher semesters. Okay. What, what um, kind of uh, choices did you have that time? Like, mm. especially yeah. for talking for Tom or maybe for other in engineering cycles mm. in, I mean, I don't know if you know, but you may know some yeah, rough, um, yeah. yeah, kind yeah. of specification. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I looked into it so many times. I was always kind of not exactly sure if energy science and only energy science is really for me. I still wanted to see other parts. I was still interested in other parts. So I always checked what other fields there are in electrical engineering. Um, I'm going to list it all now. <laughs> so the first one, or I'm going to try to list it all. I hope I don't forget anything. Um, the first one is automation and robotics. Of course, that's a huge field in TUM. And it's also a field where most people go into. Um, then there's electronics, of course, where you go into nanoelectronics or microelectronics. Um, there's medical engineering, of course, energy science, communication technology, and um, now they've added some parts, which is bioengineering, which is also another category, and um, 
I'm not sure if high frequency technology is also another part, but yeah, there's quite a few yeah. that Quant you can choose from. Yeah, and what about quantum um, computing or something like that? Yeah, they yeah. offer modules, but it's not one specific category that yeah. you go into. So you, you choose, I think there were six, there were six core um, areas or specializations that you could go into. Of course, you can always pick modules from other um, specializations, um, but they basically let you choose from these six. Okay. And then quantum mechanics, it, I think it fell, it fell into automation. No, I'm not sure. I, I can't tell. Okay. I'm going to say something wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we, be we definitely had the module. Yeah. And then probably also pure computer science or something like that. You could switch faculty maybe. Mm, oh, I don't know if you yeah. switch switching. It wasn't meant, of okay. course, from the electrical engineering faculty. They don't want you to switch to information. Yeah. Um, but it a lot of people did it. So especially after the second semester when we had computer science, um, a few of us actually noticed. Okay, I'm I'm more interested into that, and I would say the switch is okay from electrical yeah. engineering to computer engineering. I mean. That's also um, how how I can see the relation between all those engineering fields because if you think about robotics and yeah kind of what was it called robotics and, and automation automation yeah. I think I don't know if it's is, is it your faculty then because yeah. yeah at Tom in the mechanical engineering faculty you also have robotics or yeah. something I don't know if it's like if there are relations but probably there are like a great interception of modules yeah. and you know so no matter from which base you come from in engineering you could always dive into another part in my opinion yeah so that's what i think about mechanical engineering so if you're interested in mechanical you could also go from that side to a more electrical or you can do mechatronics yeah yeah i don't know like electrical mechanical engineering or something like that but um yeah, I think it's really impressive because electric engineering for me would have been too, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, too. I actually had one module <laughs> during during my bachelor's and I really liked it. I was like, oh, I should switch or something like that. But, but, uh. but just, you know, and after that, I forgot everything or like most of that. Yeah. I, I like like the, how do you name that? Uh, the, you know, um, uh, the current, you know, when it's alternating. Oh yeah, the, yeah, AC current. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> I, I like the calculation because they oh, use okay. like complex numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. was to to make it easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the derivatives and stuff yeah. like that yeah. with induction, and then you have like the operational uh, amplifiers or how was. Oh it? yeah, I didn't like them. Okay, <laughs> it was interesting at least what you could do with that, and yeah. then we had also had like measurement techni technology or yeah. foundation of measurement technology, yeah. which is also related to electric engineering, not only. Because you also have, back then you had mechanical kind of, you know, you know um, measurements or I don't know. Yeah, yeah that math. need to be translated yeah. into digits or yeah, yeah. binary signals. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so um, yeah, it's all related a bit. Yeah. So you never lose. Uh, you, you can, I think you can nearly do always what you like, but not at, at, the, at uh, every university, yeah. for example. I liked. I also thought about going into maths. I don't know if you, that was a option for technical maths. You know, mm. something like that. Yeah. But yeah, at at TU Munich you can't do that. But my uh, ancient university there's a kind of um, master course. Mm. It's called technical mm. maths. Where you can even go. Um, every engineer can go to that major and then do a fifty percent math, ten percent uh, computer science, and then. 40% of, of um, engineering mm -hmm. yeah. could be your, your engineering um, 
bachelor's course or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> I think it's really interesting to yeah. have that options. Um, and it's really interesting to hear um, your, your actually your experience. So STEM, women in STEM, what would you say about that? How many women women <laughs> were in your class? Yeah. Was yeah. it actually worse than mechanical engineering? Because I, I don't think so. I'm not sure yeah. what your quote is, but I think it's even worse. Really? In electrical okay. engineering, I'm not sure. So they always calculate each semester when the first semesters come in. Um, our faculty always calculates what the percentage of uh, women is in our semester. And when I started, we were th uh, 13.5% female. Okay. <laughs> and in the end, I'm quite sure they don't calculate it anymore. But from my, my opinion, um, I think the percentage rises with the advancing semesters, with the higher semesters, because most of the guys, they actually drop out. There's a lot of people who study electrical engineering at UM um, who just study it to be in, inside a study, to be immatricul immatriculated. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people dropped out. Half of the people dropped out, but um, don't be scared. Some of them are only there because you don't have an NC. There's, yeah. no, there's no grade that you need to pass. You just have to pass your A-levels and you can study electrical engineering. Um, but to get back to the point, I think... As a woman, you don't have an advantage, uh, disadvantage, sorry, um, studying electrical engineering. Um, I mean, if you're good, you're good in the exams and there's no, there's no gender in the exams. You're not, there's no picture of you. There's no name of you. You're usually just a QR code and it's graded equally for everyone. Um, there was one experience where I felt like people underestimated me as a woman. But in the end, I, I mean, I was lucky that I could show them that it's not that way, that I'm not disadvantaged just because I'm a woman. And um, I would say I really appreciate um, that I am in this field as a woman and that I get the chance to, to make a change when I'm working and to, to actually show that to even younger girls that it's not harder for us to study engineering and we're not naturally bad at it. We're not naturally bad at math. Not um, at all. I, yeah. <laughs> I would say that most of the girls I met in, in STEM, like or physics or something like that, they're even more passionate about it or probably even more hardworking. I don't know, mm. because, you know, women seem to be more hardworking in general, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case for, you know, but... In, in an average but probably well especially if like um, someone uh, chooses that yeah. study field I think uh, yeah I think we should definitely encourage like everyone to go to that field um, even people um, who have no academic family background yeah. or people like who are maybe under kind of underrepresented in that field especially computer science electrical engineering etc and um, yeah so you're a really good example. You give um giving me motivation and other <laughs> people as well. You know, it's really interesting, yeah. and uh, also I think you had like was it like two days ago yeah, the event yeah. in the school where yeah. you kind of engaged uh people to or especially young women or yeah, yeah, yeah. girls to go yeah. into that field. It was the VDE, so find the electrotechnic, um the girls' day for, it was organized from the uh, um two days ago. 
the Association of Electric Engineering hosted the um, Girls' Day at the Ministry of Bavaria. And I, I had the chance um, through my friend that I could participate as a role model on that day. And there were around, okay, I can't really say how many yeah. it were, but I think there were maybe 40 or 60 girls um, from the age of 13 to 15 who were invited and it was just supposed to show them how engineering or how STEM looks like for women. And I, I was really glad that I got the chance to speak about my experience studying electrical engineering and the possibilities that you have. So it's not only exchanging light bulbs, <laughs> because yeah. it's actually shown that a lot of people in school still think that electrical engineering is just changing light bulbs. I'm not sure. <laughs> For real? Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe I think the study is... Many, many people in school or like in, I don't know, in eighth class or ninth class, they, they don't even know what engineering means yeah. probably. They think of, yeah. A plumber, uh, so maybe, yeah. Or, yeah, if it's electric engineering or, yeah. you know, in general, or building houses, maybe, which is also a case. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. A lot of people, I think, yeah, at that age, I didn't even know exactly what it is, but yeah. that's why I liked it that I could give people an insight, um, or especially give girls an insight. Um, and I think what a lot of girls don't know, or in general, what a lot of people don't know, or students, um, is that engineering is not only the technical side so it's not only that you're locked into a room by yourself and you have to um program or you have to um connect devices and not yeah. sure what is. yeah anything so, like yeah but it's basically not only sitting in a room working by yourself and being the technician the typical technician that you imagine when you think about that it's it's just a tool the technology is a tool to me that you can use for so many different fields and for so many different impacts so like i said for the social for for humans for for nature for environmental engineering for example there are so many ways that you can use the technology and not only make it 100 percent purely technical you can also live your social part in it and that was what's important for me to show the girls that yeah you don't have to be so passionate for current yeah. <laughs> or voltage I because like, i yeah. never was yeah i didn't see a circuit in in physics in school and said oh my god i love this <laughs> but it's just a tool and it gives you so many opportunities and I, I hope that i could carry that message and i think from some of the girls i also heard that it was great it kind of gave them a new perspective yeah. so that's already a plus for me yeah. that I was there it already made sense yeah so you already made some lots of impact actually and I want to underline that as well for me it was the same I never thought like I might be an engine like mechanical engineer constructing like you know uh, whatever it is you know something in, like some innovation or stuff there are people who are like that but yeah. just a small percentage and I kind of developed my passion within the field during my study so yeah, yeah. I, I kind of started you know whatever it was oh I like this if it was a good module oh I kind of like this field that was my thought about it more you know um, fluid mechanics yeah. I never heard about that before during school you know just maybe I had a rough idea but I never knew how to calculate any yeah. you know um, kind of streams or air streams or something like that but then also thermodynamics which yeah. is really uh, important for um, 
energy technology as well <laughs> i think but i don't know if on which side you're you're looking at probably more on the generator side yeah yeah and, i leave uh, it up to you too. i don't know no. i mean uh, there are probably other people who are studying some pure energy technology but yeah. anyway so yeah that that's that's the connection as well so and probably engineers will always work in teams like yeah. if you're not like a coder or something and you're not on self uh, if you're not on uh, a software engineer you, even they yeah, have to yeah. work in teams yeah, and something yeah. like that. I don't know how they work, uh, especially, but you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. it's good that you show them that side. Yeah. Did you, what did you prepare? So did you prepare <laughs> kind of, I don't know, slides or no, how, how do you... Actually, I didn't prepare anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't told uh, what I was going to do and it was quite chaotic because of COVID, some people mm, couldn't come, they were sick, so I had to take another role. So um, I was supposed to be at the station where I show the girls how to solder microcontrollers or a whole board, a platine, basically. Um, they were going to build, or they built a little radio for yeah. themselves that they could take home. But in the end, because some people um, were sick at another station of the solar, solar panel station, I I jumped in there to help out and it made sense because I'm exactly in that field. I could tell them a lot about that and also the startup is in that field. So I could kind of combine my experience from the studies, so the theoretical part and then also the practical part from my startup. And um, we just had a little solar panel and an LED and a generator and we, we showed them how it works together how the power grid is built, basically. It wasn't that theoretical. I just wanted to give them some insight of where you can work as an electrical engineer mm -hmm. and what possibilities you have when you have that. So for example, for me, it was important to note also that the solar panels um, are used in a lot of projects in Africa. If you want to volunteer, for example, with Engineers Without Borders, they work a I lot them, in, yeah. Yeah, in African villages. And these solar panels, they change the lives of people in those villages because they actually generate power for them and it completely changes their lives. So for me, again, it was just so important to show them this is my tool, this is the opportunity to, to make an impact, to, to achieve what I want with the help of technology. And then to also show them there's different stations where you can work in, in this grid. So you could work with the power electronics in the in the... DC or AC yeah. DC converter yeah. or you can also work um, more on the grid side or in the distribution so there's a lot of places where you can work at and a lot to choose yeah <laughs> so that was my station really at interesting the day. Yeah, it's probably even better not to prepare too much because yeah. <laughs> you have to react and then uh, yeah. kind of yeah um, that's really uh, good and also impressive um, I had another point actually to talk about um, mm -hmm. So maybe um so we were talking about your your stem woman in stem ah yeah I actually wanted to tell you about you know about the percentage probably also varies uh, from the city mm -hmm. to city because if you think of Munich I think there are even more like women in engineering because mm -hmm. at my university I think it's even the one with the um kind of um lowest percentage of women at all the university oh. <laughs> in general you know so we had like six percent of women or something oh. <laughs> so that's but i think in in, in munich it could vary in mechanical engineering mm -hmm. and i don't know for the other fields but so we were kind of only like 
I didn't know that many girls in mechanical engineering, yeah. but um, it depends on the on I think on the city as well. Yeah. If it's a bigger city, yeah, which might true. be more attractive, maybe you have a, a higher. higher percentage or something. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's too low. <laughs> it should be at least <laughs> yeah. forty or fifty yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, but uh, okay. So you 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 finished your bachelor's. Yeah. You did your bachelor thesis in. In Munich. In Munich, and which the university. Ah, okay. So my, I think I'm not going to say the name of my oh, bachelor's yeah, thesis so because yeah. <laughs> it's too complicated. <laughs> yeah, but what was it about? Um, what would you describe? Uh, yeah, so it was basically part of the grid or the distribution in power systems, and right now we have the problem in our energy system in Germany that a lot of renewables are installed, especially private households. They install solar panels. And the power grid in Germany is not designed to take power from households into the other direction. So usually it's distribution from an upper level, from the um, power plants yeah. to the households. And the power grid, is it like the network yeah, connecting? Yeah. Okay. yeah, the network. So it was only designed to have power flow from one direction to the other. So basically from top to bottom. And now that we have so many solar panels and, you know, we have sunshine during uh, lunchtime and then there's a lot of power generated, that power is not necessarily all used. So we have a backflow. Um, we have flow in the other direction from bottom to top. And that's a huge problem for the power grid. And that actually stops the addition of new renewables because the power grid can't handle them. It's already like that right now that um, solar panels have to be regulated down so yeah. they don't over charge or overcharge yeah. or over what is the word i actually forgot Ten so years. that the power grid is not um thermical is it because of yeah it's because of thermical reasons. it, it doesn't also. break down okay so in order to um prevent the power grid from breaking down and having a huge blackout the renewables are regulated down so they don't produce as much and that's counterproductive. <laughs> Why okay. do you install so many renewables and solar panels if you can't use them? Yeah. Um, so my bachelor's thesis was basically about a new concept that allows more renewables to be integrated. And it's quite uh, electrical or technical. It's basically about the reactive power. So we only use the active power in the grid or we mostly use that. And we don't really use the reactive power and also gives you a potential to integrate more renewables. Reactive power, does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's passive power. So yeah, the, yeah. The... It's when you have AC current, yeah. you need reactive power to charge, for example, condensators or to charge inductors um, and also to discharge them. So it's something that happens all the time, but you can't use it. So you can't use reactive power to power a lamp. Okay. But you need it in the grid when you have AC. Okay, okay. And then it's about using that for something instead of just having yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Okay. To use it more efficiently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting. And at the end, it all comes down to infrastructure as well, right? Yeah. Like not only for um, those type of problems, but especially, um, yeah, if you want to kind of uh, use more renewable energies or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's, that's also a huge field that I'm interested in, actually, because energy technology is so closely linked to politics. If the politics don't give the framework to introduce new innovations and to, for example, install more renewables, 
there's no way you can bring in new innovations and to transform the energy system. So you need to work closely together with politics. And um, that's also a field that I'm kind of interested in to do the consulting, so policy yeah. or politi political consulting, to just um, transfer the knowledge from, from academics or from the industry even, and give it to politics so that they can use that knowledge. Because if there's no communication between these two, it's kind of yeah. pointless. Yeah, if there's almost. no awareness of a new yeah. technology. so And that brings us back to <laughs> our interests, you know, being interested yeah. in every field. And I think that's uh, maybe also a t typical um, kind of um, attributions of an engineer being like kind of also in between science and uh, the real world. Yeah, yeah in between those physicists and stuff like that okay yeah happy to be back <laughs> um so yeah we were what was the last point actually we were talking about um Maybe my yeah your politics. bachelor thesis infrastructure and politics okay all right so yeah i wanted just i wanted to uh, i just wanted to underline the fact that engineers are probably like the gap in mm. or like filling the gap between pure science and pure uh Rebirth, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and then there are also like the um, kind of um, business administrative uh, side mm. or like economical side because you can't implement innovations or techno new technologies without looking at the cost. Especially, I could give you an example with um, um, space industry, yeah, it um, the cost reduced so much that you will have more applications to in, in future, yeah. And you will need them because of the satellites and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's also part um of um a field for electrical engineers. Yeah. So we yeah. we always have to work together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, like we learned it at least. Solar panels also came from the space industry. So at the start, they were used to to um create or generate electricity for the satellites, and they were so expensive at that point because they were only used for the space industry that no one expected them to be introduced in all private households. And now the costs were decreased so much that almost everyone can, or a normal person can afford it. And I think that's so great about technology that you make it um, affordable, affordable yeah. or you make it accessible for a greater percentage of the population. Yeah. And it's also a good point what you say, because I'm kind of, um, what I um, realized is many um, kind of innovations or new technologies came because of um, defense industry mm, yeah. um, and then they kind of developed to a civil um, yeah, or more civil side yeah. airplanes as well uh, like internet, internet <laughs> airplanes satellites you, yeah. you, you, you used to use them more on the um, kind of yeah, observation side I, think, I don't know for what else there are so many applications you know I can't tell all of them but yeah. Yeah, so and now you use them for internet connection, um, like the Starlink with Elon Musk, maybe you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, yeah, for exploration science as well. Uh, yeah, that's, but that's life as well. So <laughs> <laughs> we always have to look for the good uh, courses, you know, for the good um, yeah, reasons to, to develop. Yeah. It's not only the case for military, but yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. But it's really interesting that you want to achieve an impact. And now you're in your master's. Why did you choose Munich actually again? So uh, was, was there any option to go uh, to another city or to maybe Zurich? Because mm -hmm. they're also really good. Or I don't know. 
or it could be you, you you've been to Singapore maybe back could go back for a master's there maybe yeah. for about this or London or anything yeah for me it was the social circle that I had built up in Munich already like I said in my bachelor's it helped me a lot and I didn't want to lose that and build it up somewhere else again but also I was very happy with the education that I um got at TUM and also the point of the semester that I started my master's I could not go into another university so I thought I would just start with the semester there and see if I want to apply for another university um, for example in, in England or also in Switzerland but I was quite happy with the masters and so happy with the modules that they offered that I decided to stay but right now I also have the idea to write my master's thesis somewhere else in Zurich for example but it's all open yeah so I'm and open for anything that's really that's a good point because um that I also thought about going abroad or to Switzerland. I mean, you never know if it's uh, if you're going to be accepted or something. I think you you probably would have been accepted. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so I always thought about maybe doing a research project um, um, in a foreign country or in, in England. Because, mm. you know, we have the luxury to not to pay our, our student fees. Yeah. The tuition fees, they're so, um, you know, after Brexit, they increased. Yeah. So... 18,000 for one year masters because it's more um it's more of a one year master yeah, there yeah. and um it's not like usual to do it but um yeah i think even in zurich it's three semesters or well, yeah, you can expand that to four it depends on the course you have yeah. quantum engineering as a master there <laughs> actually could be a, yeah. an option or the field for you but um no that's that's cool so but you also been to another uh, exchange semester, right? Yeah. How had that? <laughs> how has that been in South Africa? And how did you organize everything? How because it might be really hard for in, in to organize a flat, etc. In Africa or even in Singapore, I never been to uh, that far places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only in Europe. Yeah. So uh, my first exchange was in Singapore, and then my second one was in South Africa in Cape Town. Um or. To be correct, it was in Stellenbosch, which is close to Cape Town. And yeah, accommodation is difficult. But what helps most is just to read reports. So the TUM, they offer reports for every um, exchange university or partner university that we have. And that's the most helpful. And sometimes people also show their email addresses or they add their email addresses in their reports so you can text them that's what i did i just texted a lot of people who've yeah, been to too. the places <laughs> that i wanted to go to and um they just helped with the search or they gave me ideas where to look and what's the most convenient i was for example very close to closing a contract in south africa with a um how do you call it it was it's called a dick in South Africa, it's basically like a scam or something. No, no, no. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's, okay. It's um, it's a Wohnheim. Yeah, accommodation. Uh, student accommodation. It's a student like accommodation. That. It's a private student accommodation, yeah. and there were twenty two students living in there. Okay. But it's mostly internationals, so there are a lot of parties, and I knew yeah, about okay. that, and I was happy for the parties. But then, I talked to a girl who lived there, and then moved out of there. Oh. Yeah, she she didn't enjoy it and she, she told me the reasons why. So in the end, I decided, okay, that's not for me. If it's really like that, I'm not going to live there. So it helps to talk to people who've been there, to read reports and um, to, to be cautious <laughs> of yeah. scammers, of course. But I never had a bad experience. And then in Singapore, it was all organized through the university. Oh, so you got campus housing 
which was very um, helpful because Singapore can be quite expensive. If you get the chance to go to Singapore and to get campus housing, I would strongly recommend it because student housing was actually only 200 euros a month. So it was cheaper than Munich. Okay. <laughs> For me, it was really cheap. Yeah. But did you had uh, did you have to share your room there? Yeah. Because that's what I <laughs> read actually. Yeah. For, okay, but yeah. maybe it's also a benefit in terms of money. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you expensive. did have to share your room, and the only way to not share your room was if you had some sort of disease, <laughs> where you can't. <laughs> you can come up with one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was actually also an experience. Yeah. Um, and when you're on exchange, of course, it depends if you have online courses and you can't go out a lot. But I went to Singapore just the year before COVID. So I was out a lot. I wasn't in my room a lot. And same for my roommate. We were friends, but we also had different circles. So we weren't in the room a lot. And I didn't mind it at all. To share yeah, right. it. Of but course, there's some some conflict yeah. sometimes, but it's yeah. not bad. But was it at least like the same you know, gender or something? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, it's because the same gender. Otherwise, it might be a bit, um, yeah, you know, yeah. inconvenient. But yeah. but I think I could yeah. trust them to, to distribute yeah. it like that. Yeah, and was it a local you were living no, with? No, she was um, she was Chinese, but she studied in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Mostly people were paired with internationals, but also with locals. Yeah, but these were also two really good universities, right? Because NTNU, was it back then? Or what was the name of yeah, it? Yeah, it's NTU, Nanyang oh, NTU, Technological yeah. University of Singapore. Um, it's ranked quite high in the QS World Rankings. And then the other one was the Stellenbosch University. It's not ranked very high. Oh, I think. But in it's Africa, quite, it's. has a good reputation. Yeah. They name it Oxford Harvard. Of oh, yeah. <laughs> Harvard of, of I forgot, yeah. South Africa or something. Yeah, and I have to say, okay, I don't want to shame, but the level in South Africa at Stellenbosch was really high for engineering. I, I saw some courses that my friends did in the bachelors and it was very demanding and Singapore I would say was quite easy for me I I wasn't at the campus for one and a half months and the semester was only four months and I still got A's I don't want to break <laughs> but it's just I think it's quite yeah. easy to do you know that's uh, what I've always been hearing from other friends who no, no I could be in Europe or could be uh in another country, for everyone who um, did an HA semester or went out and studied abroad, they told me that the level is kind of not always lower, but Germany sets a high standard yeah. for, for, for the academics, I yeah. would say. I think those rankings also um, uh, come from research, from international uh, student percentage, yeah. international professor percentage, and they're not really representing the... I don't know the quality of academics or the demanding courses. I mean, you have like really demanding courses in Oxford, Cambridge, etc., and those really good universities. But you can't learn like harder stuff than we all already do. I think yeah. it's just the way or the compet competition or competitiveness which might change. So it might be harder to get better grades because you have so many people who are good. Yeah, and the people around are good. That's what actually many people told me. Um, also during my podcast so um, some um, one day an exchange semester at MIT and Harvard mm -hmm. and he told me that the people are like smart but like the 
10 or 20 percent you know at our universities and it's just because we don't have to take pay tuition fees yeah we have like a brighter field of the society which studies is even that's also a good point if you think about it we don't have to pay anything and get that good quality yeah, yeah. and just to sum this up my experience was the same i mean when i was in france they really go in aerospace or something like that i would say <laughs> aerospace or related fields they're really strong but i think mechanical engineering is stronger in germany and i was a bit mm, yeah it was a deception you know kind of um not really happy with with what i was learning there because they have like uh, it's called class preparatoire it's like Mm -hmm. two years of uh general cycle of engineering um of not of science actually and then you can go to engineering or choose your study field and they came up with uh like modules which i done in the first two years or something like mm-hmm. that so that's why i wasn't really um you know um happy with with the courses there but it's the level was quite good and demanding but it was more about stress uh, and not about deep dive mm. more exams less i don't know knowledge in my opinion yeah, yeah. because if you study for six seven exams you you won't keep everything in your mind yeah. i don't know how how was it for you what which models did you take in yeah um, I have the same experience. So in other countries, my experience was also that it's more like in school, you always have regular tests or quizzes throughout the semester. And in Germany, you mostly have them at the end of the semester. And that forces you to study and keep up with the content during the semester. But it does prevent you from actually keeping the stuff that you learned and really diving deep into the the, the content. And... Um, the courses that I took in Singapore were cybersecurity. I'm trying to remember them all. Mm. Cybersecurity, biomedic- biomedical engineering, and uh, the third one was renewables. So I, I picked a subject out of all uh, a few specializations in electrical engineering, and they were all more of the content, or how do I say, you had to learn it, and then to give it back. There was not a lot of calculations. It was not very complex. It was just content and knowledge, but not mm-hmm. really complex um, structures or complex. Yeah, it was quite easy to learn. Okay. Um, and then in South Africa, I chose another approach. And actually, they didn't have electrical engineering in the masters, oh, so I okay. couldn't take any courses. Okay. Um, but I was very glad about that. I took environmental engineering, um, overview of South African history, and social issues in South Africa. And that really, really helped me to get a better idea of the country and to understand the country better how it is today. And I, I kind of wish I, I took a course like that in Singapore. To understand the country better because I don't really know that much about Singapore I've noticed even though I spent four or five months there um, and in Singapore I feel like I in South Africa sorry I feel yeah. like I really got a better grasp of what's going on in the country and why there are so many conflicts and I mean Singapore and South Africa is really different yeah. one country is really really safe and it's developed and then the other country it has high crime rates it's not very developed, there's high corruption. And that's actually also a reason why I chose South Africa to to see another part of the world and to see a system that's not completely developed yet and where there's still a lot of potential. Um, so yeah, <laughs> to bring it back to the question, um, 
I would suggest to to just widen the field when you're in your exchange and to not only focus on what you can learn for your studies specifically because it might not be as as good as what you could get back yeah. in Germany. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, kind of agree with that. I, I've only been to Europe, but even, you know, <laughs> no, the thing is that... Uh, I also thought it's might it might be easier to first know your environment mm. better you you know your neighbors better and then go out, but you know it didn't it also has to do with luck or something, yeah you know, so it was uh, also good, and maybe just to um, sum this part up, I also talked to a f to to someone I, I I knew or I met who did his whole um masters in in, in London, and he he told me that actually compared to his bachelor's in economical maths and then he did economics or business or something like or finance in, in mm -hmm. his, during his master's he told me that it was so much easier to get good grades i mean it was probably also demanding you know not easy but the grades i think it's easier to get uh to get a distinction or something um in for example in england because you only need 80 percent or something mm -hmm. and yeah You know, it's different here. Yeah. So in terms of grades or something, grades are not always great, but it's good <laughs> to have good grades because yeah. they kind of, uh, yeah, open doors for you. Yeah. But it's not the most important thing, in my opinion. But anyway, so we're really lucky in Germany with, with that educational yeah, side. For sure. um, and then maybe you talk about your master's thesis. So do you know what you want to do during your master's? Is it the same related to your bachelor's? thesis topic or um not yet okay. and i think it's not going to be related to it because yeah. it was very specific in my bachelor's yeah. um so there's no topic yet for the master's okay. thesis i'm quite sure that i want to do it in energy science uh, or energy technology still um but the the specific part in which i want to be this time if it's still distribution or generation or something else it's not clear yet it's okay. not open okay and maybe one last question is You thought about going maybe into a consultancy or maybe doing mm. an internship there? Yeah. Or is there any other thing um, you might want to do or what, what, what is the future going to bring mm -hmm. to, to you? I mean, you never know, but yeah. is there something you might Yeah. So I'm kind of at a deciding point right now, I feel like, um, where I have different opportunities and different paths that I can go. And I just want to share or maybe give an overview of the the things that I'm deciding between right now. I mean, I can still go from yeah. one to one even after I've decided, I think. Um, but these are basically the options that I have. So I'm thinking either after the master's, I'm going to really stay in my startup first because I'm I'm working in it right now quite strongly. And I think my contribution in it um, could grow even more intensely after my master's. So that's an option. Um, then the second option would be to do a PhD because I, like I said, I really like the social impact and I could imagine myself going into university and academics again later in my life. I want to collect some practical experience for sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's it. Huh? Okay, fuck my wife. I want to, I want to go into yeah. the practical part and gain some practical experience um, for sure in my life. But I also want to give back what I've learned through my experience. I I could imagine becoming a professor or um, teach at some sort of institution and to share what I've learned. 
So that's why I'm deciding or I'm thinking about doing a PhD. And then of course the other part would also be consulting, which is a new branch that I'm considering right now, so quite recently. Um, I like the concept of the educational leave that um, some consultants offer you, where you can stop your work at the consultancy okay. and do your PhD and then return to the consultancy. And I also like the way of work in consultancy. I mean, I don't know yet. That's why I want to do yeah. the internship. But what I've heard from um, conversations with people working in um, consultancies was just quite new to me that you work in projects and it seemed quite interesting that you can always you get the chance to dive deep into one project and to really work on it and to improve something and then you're done yeah. with it and then you can go on to the next project and learn something new and interesting again and try to improve something there um, so kind of three options uh, that I'm deciding between okay no industry you're right no. I mean that's also no but that I, I actually can feel you when you said um you want to go into academics because I also mm. developed a passion like in kind of teaching or giving knowledge back, yeah, especially like when I was doing uh, my uh, doing my tutorships, you know, um but yeah, really, really interesting. I hope to um maybe talk to you again and uh, see where where you're gonna go um last maybe the last thing uh, which came into my mind would you have an advice to women and also to people who may not have their family background um, would you say hi it's all the same for for all of us or what advices would you have in general for people who want to go in that field or who want to study even if it's anything um, else mm -hmm. Hmm. I think I need to think about that I yeah. know what I would like to say to women <clears throat> so It is um, proven in a lot of studies that women in the industry and I guess also in academics feel like they have to give 120% before they, before they show that they can do something or before they, they take an opportunity that might be risky. I think I just want to say, and that's also something that I want to say to myself, um, an advice that I should also take myself is that we don't have to give 120%, we can also try first. So we, let's say we're at 80% and we feel like we want to do that, but we don't feel ready yet. Just go for it and try it. That's something that I would say as an advice. And then also um, something that's important to me is kind of stay with women as well. Don't lose contact to women. I think that's a mistake that I did. It, it happens easy. There's yeah. not a lot of women <laughs> yeah. in engineering. So it happens quite quickly that you find yourself in a group full of men. But the the connection between women is so different, I would say. And the, the things that you can learn from each other and the experiences that you can share are so helpful that that's definitely not something that you should give up or try not to lose it for sure. Yeah. And then to people who are coming from another background, I would say, I actually don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's maybe hard to say, but yeah. maybe in general, for people who might struggle in the first years, no matter where they come from, yeah. is there anything like, I think your approach was really good, like just to see if it's good. I never, yeah, I mean, I also thought a bit like this, I might change to industrial engineering or 
to this or that more like industrial engineering or mechanical that was my point of view but you were like okay let's see if engineering in general is something for me that's a good approach actually so would you say that be open to also change if you don't like something but develop a passion and stick to at least for one year or something yeah Yeah, and also don't. I mean, that's a that's something to everyone, I guess. That's yep. a message to everyone. Um, don't, don't let yourself become insecure when you feel like other people are much better than you. Everyone has that feeling, I guess. In engineering, yeah. basically, everyone that I talk to has that feeling, and in the end, we're all struggling. <laughs> There's no one who has the perfect overview and a clue everywhere. Um, so don't let yourself be disheartened when it feels like everyone is better than you or everyone has better chances than you. Um, just try your best. And of course, if you feel you feel it in your heart or you feel that it's not for you, have the courage to, to also change or to, to change to another subject or to a different institution. Maybe you don't like the way things are taught at university. Don't feel bad about um, going to Hochschule it's the same yeah. education and it's the same level just different yeah or even not studying at all yeah like your friend who did a startup or yeah yeah and yeah I remember a friend doing uh, his PhD at uh, MIT he also or a colleague who also told me about his um, yeah about the same thing that he struggled with with hey are people better or not he also thought about yeah. this so maybe even at those universities you will have or especially everywhere you will have it and it's a good point so yeah thank you so much for for your time yeah. actually um <laughs> yeah so um yeah thank oh. you so much for inviting me here and I, i had a lot of fun i really enjoyed our conversation so this was the interview with anya i hope you enjoyed the interview and all the insights she gave us and hopefully also had a grasp of motivation which I got from what she has been doing so it was really interesting for me to to hear her insights and her experience and I will definitely have other interview partners interesting interviews uh, which I'm looking forward to and I hope you will join in 